0: Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Grant Parkin and I'm joined by, by Liam McGuinness. Hello. And our special guest today, Paul, whose surname escapes me. <laughs> Paul Travers. There we go. Each episode, thank you Paul, <laughs> each episode we'll be looking at an album that uh, one of us or more considers to be flawless. What that means may and is and changes is it's different for each of us. Um, Today Paul is up and we are going to be talking about the album The Mollusk by Ween.
1: Very much. So, weans the mollusk. Yep. Um, Let's go. I think I was. Where do I start? I love the show, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, I listen to every episode, and I like. Thank you. Listening to albums I've never heard before, so it's sure. it's, it's a great experience. I don't know. It's the, it's the best way for me to. Just listen to new stuff, mm-hmm. and also reevaluate old stuff. So,
2: because you're also saying on the way over that you, once you know what album we're covering, you listen to the album before you listen to the episode. Oh yeah, why which would is, you? <laughs> which, which blew my mind because I just thought people would jump in and listen to the bits, and if they liked the bits, they would go back afterwards. But
1: no, when I hear what the next episode is, you I listen to, to the album first, and if I haven't heard it, I got to do it a few times so I can form an opinion. Sure. Then I listen to the show, and say, <laughs> would you classify yourself? <laughs> shout as... at you guys, going, what are you talking about?
0: As the number one fan, would you like to claim that? I'd like to claim the number one
1: fan. I don't know if I am. Okay, I
2: can't imagine anyone else is more of a fan. The first fan
1: to be invited on the show. That's what I feel like.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome. It's awesome to have you on board, sir. (laughs) That's great.
1: But I um I was I think I shared something on Facebook about celebrating the 20th anniversary of this album, Mm -hmm. and I discovered it a year too late, (laughs) like. The link was like, oh, this is from a year ago. From '97. So the album, yeah, so the album's like 21 years old. Yes. But um, I got all excited about it, shared it, and then Liam suggested, hey, come on the show and talk about it.
0: Well, there we go. Yeah. And so, tell me, wh- when did you first listen to it then? It well, released in '97, the sixth album. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's it's a long story. I'll try and. Do well, my we have got some time, but th- it's it's combined with my own story. But let's let's just say. Love um, to hear your story too. <laughs> there's. Two guys, Gene and Dean Ween. That's the names of the, the members of the band. Okay. And a lot of early albums is just the two of them in in, their, in a home or in a, an apartment. Brothers. No, they're not. That's that, not their that, actual that's names. That's not actually their names, though. No. <laughs> Thank you. We'll get yeah. into that later. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, they um, kind of, I just think we're trying to make music together, I don't know if they thought they were the greatest band in the world at the time, but it was I think they were trying to make each other laugh, trying to make each other we love this song, Uh, like someone I think they came together over music and um, so the early thing the early albums sound like two guys in a room to me, just putting stuff together and let's try a bit of like funk or reggae or try a bit of this and that or try a bit of Frank Zappa or, or, or just weird stuff trying to out weird each other and um, I guess I could start with the first song I heard by them was Push Little Daisies, yep. which I think is their biggest hit to today. Yep. And that was like 1990... Yeah,
2: Definitely two? At least two or three albums before this one. I was going to yes. say,
0: this
1: is not on my track listing. No, it's
0: not, on this, written, al- not on this album. It.
1: No, this but I'm going way back because yeah. that is kind of the start of my journey sure, with you. them. Okay, sure. So I, I was aware of them and it was the weirdest song I'd ever heard, but I loved it. And... um then years later, I think there's Voodoo Later as a single off another album, probably album number four, and we get to 1997 and Triple J played a song called Waving My Dick in the Wind. Now that one is from this album. Sure. Okay.
2: That is. That so, is.
1: That song again. I'd always been um, whenever a new Wings song came out, I, I responded to it because I think I love just their weirdness, but their commitment to it. And by the time "Waving My Dick" came around, <laughs> um, I love saying that title. Um, to me, it was no longer like uh, shock value. It was just their new song. And sure, I'm sure it's still them trying to make each other laugh or, or mm-hmm. have a good time. But the song was just so catchy to me that I kind of just kept it in my radar. And we're going to go to October 4th, 1997. It's the r and Showgrounds in Brisbane, and it's the Live it Festival.
0: Which um, I've learned <laughs> about,
1: Well, I am learning about, yeah. And um, so it was great, great, the greatest day of my life. Of your life? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm um, sorry, kids. Yeah, he um, has two kids, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really big deal. Sure, that is a big deal. Um, let's just say they were playing very
0: late like thus we far let's go to the, thus far thus up far. until that point of your life October yeah. oh, 4th I, 97 was the
1: greatest day Yeah, no other thing has lived up to that in terms of uh, music let's say that okay? sure great that's great for you kids festival yes Um, I think they were one of the closing acts of the night everyone was watching Devo and they asked me to go and get dinner for them because they were like we're done for the night so I wandered through Livid Festival and this was playing that was playing and I think I wasn't very good. I, I, I think I had two hot dogs and a lasagna. That's what I remember. And I'm wandering back, and then in this little tent, oh, this is wean. So I wandered in. No ways. And, I mean, I had a duty. I was supposed to deliver this. this of course. for everybody, but I stayed for the whole show. It's a blur hot to me. Hot dogs
0: and lasagna and all.
1: <laughs> I was holding two Cold. hot dogs in the left hand and a lasagna in the right. And, and I stayed the whole show. And I was like, oh, I better get back to those guys. But this show's too so good. And, um... When, I fo- when the show finally finished, I went back to to my friends and I think I had one hot dog left. <laughs> I ate their dinner. So sorry, guys. <laughs> but that show blew me away. And I don't remember a single song. From it? Just the vibe from the show. Sure. I was blown away. Okay. So I went back to Rockhampton where I was living at the time and went to Sanity and uh, oh, tried yes. to avoid everybody, asked me how my day was going and went straight to the ween section and got their latest album because I knew Waving My Dick in the Wind was on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, bought it And I, I think I was pleasantly surprised How amazing Now I'd heard other songs From it From Triple J uh, um, mm-hmm. Mutilated Lips I think Was a single Yeah Okay And <laughs> It's funny Triple J Was good like this Sometimes I wouldn't just go With a single They, I'm sure someone Over on that radio station Would pick a song That was Right up my alley So yes. Pink Eye on My Leg was the uh, instrumental, I, and I'm I really positive. Like I'm positive it played on the um, on the radio. combined with that and then seeing them I was like this is the album for me. This is the album for you.
2: Okay. So this is before the days where you could just go to their Twitter account. Mm. And Absolutely. Find out what they you could just search their Twitter account and find out what they played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually I should try and find what the what they played. <laughs>
1: um So um so you'd heard of
0: these these guys for yes, an uh, extended been, period of time. Yes. Really, yeah. But this was my in first relative terms.
1: my first step into buying uh, um, something by them. Okay. And it's funny to my perception of them, I think is because they're big in my mind. They're sure. part of the big four-letter bands that I love, Cake, Cakeback, all that stuff. Um, that I kind of forget, perhaps what that, what they are um, outside of, say, fans fandom. Mm-hmm. I think they have a big, big following. Um, and where are they based? They are in Pennsylvania. I think is okay. where they're from in America. And they're
0: still traveling, recording, they touring. Okay.
1: See, it's a long story. Please. <laughs> um, they, they have, probably in the last couple of years, there's been a, f- not a falling out, but a, a kind of, I believe Gene left the band um, to kind of pursue a solo career and then they're back together now doing...
0: So uh, your life is wonderful again.
1: Yeah, they're touring. I don't know if they'll, they'll ever do that album thing. I think there's a lot of, um, if we're going to get into it, drugs are involved here. I think there's a lot often of often there are <laughs> yeah I know I know but um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of songs about it a lot of songs uh, are about I guess experiencing it and not being a huge drug taker. Um, I think I think I, I think I can get into the groove. I understand where I understand a song that might have been under the influence. Sure. Okay. Um, on this album? On this album, maybe not so much. This is why I think I've selected this album. Okay. But to, to get around it all, I think heavy toll of 20 years of that mm. is why i think
0: of recreational
2: of drug no, and alcohol why, um, abuse. Yeah, there's definitely some concerns around addiction for a couple like i i lost track of which one was which with the names and everything but I think was, i have already. <laughs> yeah, and there was there was in some of the write-ups i read there were scenes like where the band members were like no we we can't handle this anymore and then there was one show that they did where the guy was just yep. completely wasted. He was singing off tune, off tempo. Guys were just leaving leaving the stage. They're like no nah, we've we've done this but then they all just showed up the next night and did a perfectly normal show. But then so that was, it was just the like this one-off. That was the last show, though. Yeah, and, then, and that was it.
1: And then, um, so there's been. I feel like, um, let's say, oh, now, I'm, now I've, I'm making myself confused. I think Dean left. His name is Aaron Freeman. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And Mickey Mel- 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 Melchiondo is the Gina. Oh man, I think Gene. Uh, that's right.
2: I don't know. Oh, I've, no. I haven't got their other names. I've only got the that's names got? of the the people who performed on the album.
1: I can't believe I've got this wrong. I'm a terrible fan. That's okay. um, and um, where was I going? What was I It'll saying? It'll come to you. What was I the, saying? The drugs. The and drugs. <laughs> so the they're leaving. So they, and yeah, so
2: this was their sixth album. They did their first four albums, which were basically just the two of them mucking around with different things and just doing everything. Then they did their fifth album, which was like a country, Golden Country Greats, I think it was. And on that one, they literally only sang. They brought in session musicians to do everything. So previously, oh, okay. they played guitar and they do all the bits and they yes. layer it over and do stuff. Sure. This one, they literally just sang and they sent it to the record label. and The record label was like, this is, what, why did you guys do a country album? All right, we'll, <laughs> we'll roll with it. And then, so for this album, they actually put together a band called Ween, that was normally the band that yep. they would record together and, and they, they would tour together. And they accumulated those do band stuff. members over yeah. time. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think what happened was so it's the two of them in a room. And then I think trying to expand and they probably had just we've got so many country songs, yeah. so let's do a country album. Mm. But specifically let's get country musicians to play it. Yeah. But I think I think they were aware of, oh, we're we just gonna come up with a country album. Yeah. So I think in their back pocket was this album. And so what this album being the mollus. Yes. They decided to get back to just two guys putting it together, right? hear me out. And they went to, I think somewhere in New Jersey, they they, they um found a, an old uh, house by the sea and started recording for this album. And I think there was a bit of a, what are we doing or where are we finding it? But I think it was trying to like ex- exclusiveize, you know, g- cut yourself off. So it's back to two guys. A- and I think now it's... They found an, an old um, Chinese traditional uh, lyrics to um, Coal Blows the Wind. Mm-hmm. And that was the first kind of um, song they recorded. They found lyrics to this old old Chinese. Uh, yeah, this is like
2: 17th century folk songs. Yeah, and okay.
1: that was the first kind of catalyst for the start of what became this thing. And I think that springboarded into <clears throat> one of them went, um, uh, Aaron went wandering on the beach. And uh, when he came back, he had the lyrics for The Mollusk. And so there's this nautical seaside, all that just started happening song after song in that uh, short period. Sure. All started coming together. Mm -hmm. So I think for me in terms of, I mean, the country album, you could say they know what they're doing. We're making a country album. Every song is country. This one kind of, it feels like a ween album, which is all over the place. Yeah. But holding it together is this kind of. Uh, a nautical, nautical theme theme. <laughs> is what yeah. I, what the, sure. it's been come together, and that's what
0: it's, it's read like on on Wikipedia, I think, or on
2: on, on other reviews that I saw. Yeah.
1: Okay,
0: yourself?
2: What, um, I would like Paul. I'd heard uh, waving my dick in the wind and mutilated lips. Waving my dick in the wind is that wasn't a single?
1: No, it wasn't. But and that's why I think Triple J is interesting.
2: That's what Triple J just when when picked it up and going? went.
1: That was the song I heard the most. Yeah, yeah. De-
2: that was definitely one I knew. And I was like, oh, that that must have been the first single. I remember I agree, yeah. Mutilated Lips. So like, yep, that must have been out there. And then that turned out that was the single.
1: And Mutilated Lips, I think, was probably, possibly the second song I heard. And that had already that spacey, um, I don't know, tentacles expanding in my mind kind of psychedelic one. stuff. I don't think I'm into that, but because it was Ween, I, I go, oh yeah, they've heard a couple of psychedelic albums and now they, they're trying it. Yep. They might have done yeah. psychedelics. <laughs> well, they, I think they're trying to, to describe it, but that, that feeling, um, not that I know what that would feel. Yeah, sure. I think when I picture it, it th- 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 that album, uh, that song, sorry, kind of sells it for me, like what it's like.
2: Hmm. How about yourself, Grant? Had you heard of Ween? I had at all? not None
1: heard at all. Of
0: win, so I came in um, very very fresh. So yeah, album cover that you've got here, um was about it, and um, what I'd learned on on uh, Wikipedia and uh, the 1997 release and sixth album. I'm like, whoa, geez, mm. six <laughs> albums! These guys are serious. Yeah. How can I not have heard of them? They started in the yeah, um, late 80s. Wow. Um, so no, I, d- I didn't have a clue. So I was I was certainly coming in blind. Um, Mind.
1: <laughs> okay. Here's something. Uh, Please. It's been 20 years of listening to Wing. Yeah. None of it feels uh, weird or obscure or out there for me. What had you, so you'd never heard this album before? Nothing. What was as it, of today? This when you morning started, and afternoon. <laughs> when you started listening to it, <laughs> like what was going through your mind?
0: Um let's go uh, off the bat I was like, well, this is different. Yeah. Just like jeez. Okay. And it might be and not to to I don't like to dis- associate with other bands, but maybe like a like you uh, first like Radiohead, OK Computer. You're like, whoa, yep. Like I haven't I'm not listen- I haven't heard something like this for for a long time or, or necessarily ever. So, mm. um, I, I'll be honest, I was pleasantly surprised. I think um, the ones you've mentioned already were were, were cool, but um, I'll be your Johnny on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's was really cool. really cool. I thought it was really cool. Yeah,
2: um, that's um, it was really funny with that one because it's. It's a straightforward rock song, except with synths in place of guitar. So, so synths are driving it, synths are playing the melody, and then there's a synth solo, which is exactly yep, yep. like a big power rock guitar solo, but on a synth. And I was like, oh my god, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Reading up about it, and uh, his guitar tech built him a modulator kit All to right. sit on the guitar. Yes. So it's not they're not playing a synth; he playing. is playing that on the guitar, and it's coming out of synth. <laughs> I was like, ah, I've, like I like that a lot more when it you was just him doing, doing sure, the stuff. Yes. Yeah. Sure. and like playing like a, this, this big fuck off power rock solo, eighties hair metal rock solo thing, but on a synth. I was like, that was that would have been awesome. But you were still, totally still disappointed. I was a little disappointed, but it was sure. still pretty. Like, <laughs> and um, so he says my guitar tech built me this ring modulator kit like a radio shack kit i've always been really proud of the solo on that song it broke and it was only used on that one song <laughs> oh no so, oh, so no. he literally they literally <laughs> broke the that thing was
1: it re-listening i mean i really i've been re-listening to it a lot building up to this cuz because i think um it's 120 years old i kind of like it's just second nature to me like it's like breathing air listening to this is trying to reevaluate uh, um okay is it flawless i'm um, um, I think what I've been able to do there's a lot more guitar solos than I remember, mm-hmm. okay. and I've actually become quite fond of them. In these, like even if there's a song that I was a bit oh, I don't know about this one, uh, and then that guitar solo would come in. I'm like, yeah, I, I love it, I love it. And um, there's there's a structural thing to this album that perhaps when I first listened to it, I was a bit more critical of, mm-hmm. like where songs are placed. Um, but I think in time, listening to other Ween albums. They are a little bit all over the place, and
0: and isn't that them? I mean,
1: yeah, that, that, exactly. That's and and for a newbie, I, f- I feel like there's a trilogy. There's Twelve Country Golden Greats, which only has ten songs on it, The Mollusk, and then there's an Pe- uh, album called White Pepper. The very next one. Yeah. So that that kind of period is kind mm. of my entry point, although I, I had been building up, sure. leaving up to that. And on either side of those, I think you could say, in terms of what they're setting out to do, Twelve Country Golden Greats. Is I wouldn't say flawless, but it, it is. that's a country album and that's yep. that's exactly what we set out to do. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side is that I think White Pepper, for some Ween fans, might be the more flawless album because it's tighter and it's, it's only 12 songs. And I, I, I think that's why it doesn't work for me because I, I still like that, hey, let's just do let's just do a sea shanty in the middle of this album. Mm. Of it's, I think The Mosque is perfectly situated, it's almost like the middle part of their career where I think they peaked and they have... We're still Ween, we're still nuts crazy trying to have fun but then having this concept of that like there's something holding it together i think and, and the album covers, which i've brought along it, i think is an important part of that because there's nothing much to do when you're um i don't know alone in uh, rockhampton listening yeah. to music yeah i think although i wish i collected vinyl because the picture would be a lot bigger the CD, sure. CD booklet. Uh, that artwork is phenomenal. I, I love it so much.
2: Mm. So the artwork was done by Storm Ferguson. Yes. Who also did Dark Side of the Moon and all the Led Zeppelin and all the Pink Floyd artwork.
1: Now, have you read the story Stop about... it. Uh, he, wow. He had been... Whatever his comp- I can't remember what his company's called. Hip, 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 that's hip-notic.
2: Hypnosis. Hypnosis. Yeah, with a silent G in there, which is why I can't read it so properly. So he's
1: running the, the company and kind of overseeing a little bit this and that. This album comes in and he suddenly thinks this is the greatest thing he's he's ever heard and he goes I'm doing the album cover, every single, every artwork this needs. I'm, yeah. So he's come so, out from...
2: So he's, he's running a company. He's got graphic designers working for him. So multiple. stuff normally comes in and he's just like, you do this yeah. and you do that. And I don't really design artwork anymore because I'm up here running the company and the album comes in and he's like, okay, this is the most amazing album I've ever heard. None <laughs> of you could do it. I'm doing it. I'm going to charge you what we would normally charge you for these guys. So normally oh, yeah, to get yeah. me, yes. it would be like some multi-billion. It's like, no, no, I'm just going to charge you the normal rate. That's fine. Also, I'm going to do all the artwork, every promo CD, every ad, every single pictures on the discs, posters, you name it, whatever. He I'm did doing, it. I'm doing it he, for, for free. I
1: think he was like, "You're the next Pink Floyd." That's what he. he yeah.
2: So
0: what was. happened, guys?
2: They weren't. What, they weren't the next Pink Floyd.
1: <laughs> this is sure. a, this is the thing, though. I I, I and agree, a, and I just don't know. They are who they are. I just think they they made a great album yeah. in 1997. That kind of I'm stuck with them now for for for, for as long as they. I mean, if they. They're back together, but they're only touring. If they ever make mm. more albums, I'm sold on forever board. on sure. for them. Um, and I think... Yeah, I think their production got a little bit more... What's it? Like, high-end kind of yeah. thing. This is still a little bit muddy and murky. I, I like, I really like where this is situated in the production of it. Because mm. they, they... Like I said, you know, they got rid of everybody of the outside circle and just recorded the initial songs. And um, I think there was... A, they asked that, now I can't remember his name, it was Andrew Weiss or Andrew Weiss, uh, Andrew Weiss maybe, was a, he'd started to become a producer on their albums and I think that's what really elevated their game when he came on board. They um kind of said, no, we want to do this by ourselves. So I think they kind of pissed him off a bit. Um, and uh, then
2: come, yeah, that was that guy.
1: come the end of the uh, recording, they asked him back and he's the one who kind of, you know, they've got the songs here, they've recorded here and he's kind of, put it all together and I think he the production value is all him I, th- I think
2: he yeah, yeah there's a really good oral history this is like yes. Normally, is... I, normally I don't like oral histories <laughs> that much but this was really great and the scenario was it wasn't even like oh we're going to do an oral history of your album one of the guys rang the reporter and said I'm about to give you an oral history I'm calling you back that's in right, a day yeah. and I'm going to give you the oral history no questions you just write down what I say and that's your article but in the, in the oral history they talk about yeah that they pissed him off and that he was angry at them. So when they asked, they asked him back to mix it, he, they called it he hate mixed That's it. right. He, he's like, he, like, and I don't know how you hate mix something. He's i would just be like, this is terrible. I'm going <laughs> to... I hate you guys. Yeah. But this is like... I'd make it awful. But yeah, he went the opposite way. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to make you so good.
1: Yeah. One anecdote from that recording was in amongst all these like seaside mollusks and polka dot tails and whales and stuff. Yes. I think... They went away after recording for a few weeks. Their um, house where they were staying flooded mm. and all the equipment um, got flooded. But I think the tapes had been kept like on a table or something a little elevated so they didn't wow. get destroyed. But it was like a nightmare. They came back and everything was like
0: gone. So so the, the, the album before this, did you buy that one as well? Were you sold on that one too?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. Any story's good. So I got the mosque, I think we are gods. Yes. And... I go, all right, well, I'm going to go get another one by them. I think I went too far back and I got uh, an album called The Pod, which is two guys in a room mm-hmm. high on Scotchgard. <laughs> and that's all it is. And it's very, I think that is very difficult. Like, it sounds like demos from hell.
2: Difficult to appreciate. Yeah. That one. And so it's, um, it's even more inaccessible. Like, this was pretty inaccessible. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you're talking about why okay. these guys weren't Pink Floyd, <laughs> yes. it's because this album is really, like, not very accessible for people listening to it. Like, I've got a pretty wide taste in music and even I'm listening to it going, this is, yeah, I'm liking it, but it's like, it would be hard to listen to. You're, you're not going to get much stuff with Radio Airplay or any of that sort of sure. stuff to get. It but doesn't yeah. to that. Oh, no, sure. it doesn't lead us off to that. No, it doesn't let it, and it doesn't let like they talk um, in that oral history about, um, uh, they finally got back to us and said, uh, we think Mutilated yes. Lips would be a good single. And I'm yes. like, what, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's one of the best songs we have, but it's not a single. It's fucking weird. It's basically got a chant and no chorus. <laughs> and I read that bit and I'm like, I'd really like to hear them say what would be the single. Yes, album. I know. Because well, there's no... Like, Waving My Dick in the Wind was the only thing that grabbed me. And I can't tell if that's a, I heard it on the radio. Yeah. And that wasn't sure. a single. Yeah. So if that's not a single... I don't know. I didn't see any singles on this album. I don't see anything that you could put, like, yeah, we're going to get a music video. This is going to get on the radio. We're going to be... Fa-, like, yeah. Like maybe nothing.
1: I don't know. Because it's still weird. The Mollusk, because it's the second track, maybe that's early on. Maybe that's kind yeah. of catch. But he's but like... That would have been just as weird as yeah. Mutilated Lips. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, Sorry, like I was I saying, I went back and listened to earlier stuff and mm. was like, okay, this is actually quite difficult for me. Sure. So there's a small period in the 90, yep. like late 90s where I was like, okay, maybe I don't like Ween, <laughs> but I love this album. And then I think um, 2000 was White Pepper. And I'd had this whole theory that the Mollusk was like their Sergeant Peppers. Like I had this whole kind of weird, it's like a... Because Sgt. Peppers is kind of a loose kind of variety show and you, you've got mm. your intro and then the show starts and then Billy Shears comes in and sings. I get by with a little help from, from my friends. And I thought, oh, the most, this is their version of that. Like, they've got the little... I'm dancing in the show tonight. It's like mm-hmm. a variety show. And we've got a whole sure. shitload of guests and, like, maybe the Muppets will sing and, <laughs> you know. Um, dancing in the show tonight, I feel like, is the album's about to start. Yeah. And we get into weird stuff. And I think in Johnny on the spot... No. Where's the one where he says... Oh, it's Polka Dot Tail, I think. Um, um, he he calls out Billy, and I and I often think, oh, is that Billy Shears from the? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it turned out White Pepper mm-hmm. was their um Sergeant Pepper's reference, so I was like, okay, I was one album off. But that album never took me the way the Mosque did, and so again, for I think till two thousand and three, was I back on the Ween thing? Um, it's called Quebec, and that album I think is again great, but it's as weird as this one. So sure. Um, right.
2: Because on Polka Dot Tail, yes. yeah, that's the one like. It's but a lot of the songs in this album are in three, four time. Yeah. They're in um, beat 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 <laughs> beat. So they're very waltzy. Um yes. Polka Dot Tail is one of those.
0: Did you have to your
2: when But the um that's the structure of that song is Verse one, verse two, and then he goes, Billy. And then there's a little bit of an interlude. And then they sing verse two, verse one. They invert. Oh, really? It's just the same two verses. And he says, Help "Help me. me. It's so great. It's like, Help me.
1: Well, I think it's a guy struggling to do that song. Um, have you ever made a flan and squish it in your hand? I have the lyrics in the book, but I always thought it was, "Have you ever made a plan and squish it in your hand?" Right. Which made more sense to me. It which did make more sense than a flan <laughs> that you squish. There's in a lot, lot of that. I think there's a lot of lyrics where I think they're gonna, they're going to say something and then they go, "You know, it would be better." Like, um, tap all over this big world. Take my hand, you lovely girl. No, 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 ugly girl. That'll be better. <laughs> that's um yeah mutilated lips I think is c- come back strong I think in my,
2: my re-listening yeah so your thoughts yeah um I heard it before you I, had, never had, heard I it, I'd had never said. heard the album so yes. I knew those two songs and I knew um Push little Daisies and a couple of other songs <laughs> and I knew they were I knew they were weird um but yeah like as I was going through it I was like oh this is weird this is weird this is weird <laughs> but I didn't dislike any of the yeah. songs like it, as I was just like oh you yeah, know this song's kind of cool this song yep this. They didn't stick in my memory as much as I would have hoped mm-hmm. because I, yeah, after I like, listened to it the Shit. first couple of times and it came back, I was like, I don't remember how any many of these songs go. But definitely I'll Be Your Journey on the Spot, Waving My Dick in the Wind, which was great, um, which I used to think was about touring. I used to think it was about, because he, he says about, um, if it all goes right, I'll be I'll in your arms awesome, tonight. Yeah. But then it turns out it's actually about a trucker. Yes. Uh, and, I- that's why, and that's why he says um, the blue and red sirens in the background I guess he's a mean piggy or something. Like yeah. talks about a pig pigs. That pig's pretty mean it. bastard. Yeah, that one. So yeah, I really like that song. And then they um, and they go into that with like, you should have seen Jimmy Wilson dance. And there's a bunch of stuff. Oh, I then, love it. This then there's like a Jimmy Wilson character so in there, and it's. I'm doing it's the best so, I can. goddammit. damn it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, then the the write up said, oh yeah. And when we got out of like recording that song, I just started. I couldn't stop myself laughing. I thought it was <laughs> the funniest thing we've ever done, which made me think. Did they make that stuff up as they were playing the song? Like in,
1: in that respect, that that maybe that little after that um because you're a real good dancer could have been uh, like you could have the lyric and that yeah. could have been just a little additional Or even improvisation.
2: The like, not like not they didn't know they were gonna have Jimmy Wilson on the track, and no, then the yeah, one yeah. Was just like, I could play Jimmy Wilson and just quickly mics <laughs> it in, like ad libs it into the mic. But it's like just that speed guitar, like the scar, riff, bluegrass, trunk, yeah, country, truck and song. Sometimes I
1: think it's a it's a maybe it was done during the 12 country golden greats era like mm. I, yeah. we'll save this one overflow for the, yeah. yeah for um, the
0: nautical album
1: so in terms of nautical I mean there's mollusk mutilated lips there's polka dot tail the whale polka dot tail there's um the sea shanty meal, yeah. like Blani legit st- the blarney stone the blarney Stones. yeah and ocean man of course yeah. Oh, of course, Ocean Man. Now, that was the second single, which I had never known yeah. until this oral history uh, uh, yep. uh, link I read. And it also
2: appears during the end credits of the SpongeBob SquarePants yes. movie. there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It wasn't so um, profane. I kind of... I played the first uh, five tracks to my kids. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of works like that. And The Muppets is a good example. I kind of like where that range is, like weird sounds, weird noises, and trying to like... I always thought they were on helium or something, but yeah. it's probably just a post... Or probably they can actually do that with their voices. They're that yeah. crazy. But um, Ocean Man's a weird... In terms of a single as well, that that was like its placed right at the end. Mm. Mm. And sometimes I just think it's... The fact that it was in Spongebob, kids are listening to it today. Maybe they go, oh, that's from that album. And they'd have to get through the whole album to get to that single. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's the strategically placed.
2: Yeah. What about you, Grant? Did you have any favourite songs that really grabbed you?
0: Um, look, the I'll Be a Joy on the Spot for me was was a great one. Um, the Pink Eye on My, on my Leg. <laughs> I thought, you know. That well, one,
2: that one sort of sneaks its nautical theme in a little bit because I, I always feel like it's bubbling, yeah. Like it's like in a fish tank and there's lots of bubbles rising to the surface, like little, like the little synth parts yeah, sure. playing together. That sort of, yeah.
1: The picture it paints for me is a maybe a heavy night of drinking or what, what have you, and then like just getting up in the morning and trying to get like somewhere. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Obviously, waving my dick in my in, in the wind um, was a good one, and I actually liked the last track. I thought she wanted to leave. Oh, was, was, I love. Was really love that cool song. as well, um, which is interesting because I think it it finishes with Ocean Man, as we mentioned, being you know on on the credits of of SpongeBob, and then another strong one with She Wanted to Leave. I really thought that was those. Um,
1: There's a lot of yeah. It, I think good. it's a nice little piratey kind of, um, you know, uh, three men came and took his his girl, but she didn't want him anyway. I, I really like that. That feels mm. like an older, you know. Not medieval, but like, like a folktale sort of 1700 sure. kind of, yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did say, going back to Cold Blows the Wind, that they, um, yeah, Aaron had this songbook of 17th century folk songs and, um, they'd never heard it, so they just sort of looked at the lyrics and did it, yeah. But the photo that's in the thing that I had has, has the, notes. the notes in there, so like, yeah. did you guys not just look at the notes? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, maybe they did, but I mean, that would, and I think. When you write music out like that, that's supposed to give you the tempo as well, I thought. Like, when you can see and it's, like, written on the side.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if that's the uh, journalist's photo of that. Yeah. I don't know.
2: It could be a bit weird.
1: Yeah. Um, In the... Structurally, uh, in my, like, 97, 98 listening to it, Mm. I think there would have been songs I would skip. And I don't know if it's a part of the oral history I've read recently on that link or reevaluating. Kind of the whole thing i feel like um uh golden eel and then cold blows the wind are kind of the slower darker bits of the the album mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I, I can't i love the last four tracks like leading out sure. of that but but that kind of thing i, I kind of would I'll probably skip this one um but one thing that happened was golden eel has a, a rad guitar solo in it that i never considered Finding out that the song is just about an eel in a fish tank. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, so they were just high on drugs and it's the song about
2: an the, actual yeah, eel. Yeah, like a, in, it's one like, of their mates had an eel and it was like... It, I yeah. no longer
1: need to try and understand the lyrics going on <laughs> yeah. there. Not that I can understand anything. But, and then Cold Blows the win. I think, yeah, just learning that that it's the catalyst for the start of that album. Mm. I kind of like, I can't remove it now. And, and yeah. I, um, I also feel like maybe, I don't know, in 97 if vinyl's was the big thing, or, or if the whole M's done... You know, that, that split when you turn the, the vinyl yeah, over. Yeah, sure. If that's yep. where, why that kind of... Because those two in a row kind of um, used to do my head in, but now, now, I, now I enjoy it.
2: So if it's at the halfway point, it would be after it's going to be all right and before the golden eel would be the turnover point. I
1: think, I think it's...
2: Golden it, eel and then a break?
1: Yep, I think that's it. Okay. But then I don't know if that's legitimately... Um, that's the break in the vinyl, but yeah. I don't know if they I think made you'd be it. very for kind, that. Right. You, and you don't know that. I suppose. Yeah,
0: no. I think for, for for as a as a virgin um, to the to to wean in the album, I, I actually thought that the the fact that it was so unpredictable was of value. Yes, because I didn't know, you know where, where, gonna where this was going to yeah. go from one to the next. Yeah, and I I enjoyed that. I thought you know in other albums that I've listened to and other other artists they don't do it as well, but I thought certainly for this one. Um, it worked, and it's interesting that you do articulate that it was a very you like them for a very specific period of time, um, over three albums of which just you know might be the meat and the sandwich, so to speak. Or, or
2: this I think the that is that you, their strongest period. You know, yeah. So. And it's definitely yeah. the album that they like the most as well. Yes, like there's yeah. lots of comments on there from them saying this is our favorite one of our albums. Okay. Interesting. And they were their record label didn't quite get on board they in the way agree, they would yeah. have liked, so yes. they they were quite annoyed at their record label. Yeah. So there were
0: some singles from here then that yeah, I saw just um, specifically Ocean Man and, and, so, yeah, and, and it was SpongeBob
2: Mutilated Lips and then yes. Ocean Man were the two singles. But okay. no, like
1: I did not hear Mutilated Lips at the time as a single. I didn't. I, don't, yes. I was surprised to realise that that was the first. Okay, sing. yeah, interesting. Um, uh, I think I think um. I think I was into that kind of thing like not knowing where it's going to go next, not wanting to be pinned down in terms of a genre because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of prog rock, but I think I'm starting to in my later years get it. Mm-hmm. And there's a one of my favorite songs on the album and at the time it was my favorite song of all time was Buckingham Green.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a cool song.
1: Yeah. And what I love about it is every other like, you know, 70s prog rock band would make that 11 minutes long and they can do it in three and a half. Mm. Yeah. Everything you need is, is in three is and a half minutes, and I know, I'm still blown away to that <laughs> orchestral, like, outro. Yeah, like. The, b-
2: the big outro with the is amazing. orchestral parts in there. But they even, that was the song they'd had kicking around for a while. So they, yes. so th- they seem to think they might have gone as early as their first or second album. So
1: for every album they have, not that you need to know this, they release a demo album of like kind of work in progress of maybe early songs or songs that didn't make the. they always it's kind of like a bootleg thing mm-hmm. yeah and Buckingham Green shows up yeah way early and there's like three versions and it used to be they would just repeat the verses over like a different yeah. rhyme and it never had that like huge um rock out but that song was yeah I was just obsessed with it
0: sure Conscious of Time final
1: pitch here for you Paul in terms of flawless <laughs> Well, look, I'm here because not enough people listen to Ween, and nor Ween's the mollusk, and they need to. And just get out there, find it, listen to it, please.
0: Here we go. I like your closing. Yep. Liam, I suppose over to you. Do you think Ween the mollusk from 1997 is a flawless
2: album? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with no. Um, I really liked it. I knew it was going to be weird, and as I was listening to it, I'm like, this is pretty weird. <laughs> Um, but I liked each, most of the individual songs. Um, there's a It's Gonna Be All Right and Golden Eel. Uh, I didn't write anything down about those. I kind of skipped. Like, nothing really grabbed me about those songs.
1: I love It's Gonna Be All Right. <laughs> oh.
2: But, like, I re- yeah, I really liked I'll Be a Journey on the Spot. Loved Buckingham Green and the big finish, big fuck off finish, Waving My Dick in the Wind, <laughs> Stone, Muley Lips. They're all cool. I guess there was two things for me. One of them was the nautical theme. Wasn't all the way through. Okay, so there were a okay. few there were a few songs sure. on there that weren't really nautical. See, themed I like that because the
1: obsession with making the whole thing. I'm just like the east on it. It's just it's subtle. It's but not then, subtle. Like sorry,
2: the, the name of the album is the and <laughs> you know, All the art, like it seemed, it all pitched around that idea. Of okay. This was the nautical theme. And then the other thing was the around the weirdness. I needed something stronger to tie it all together. Like I just, it felt like. They were almost different songs from different bands. Like they sounded so different. They sounded so different. Interesting. Yeah. There's like, I couldn't tell who was singing on a particular song. It didn't yeah. sound like a common sure. vocal line all the way through. And it just, yeah, I, it was just missing something I felt to tie it, all the songs really in together. So I really enjoyed it, all the individual songs, most of them, but I couldn't say it was a flawless album.
0: There we go. Thanks, Liam, for that um, very astute assessment. I, I thought it was. Oh, yes. No, <laughs> nice. So. So look, I mean yeah, I, I, I and, and probably for a lot of the reasons that you gave. I, I was listening to, to to the lyrics sometimes I like, I don't know which who is singing on this. Yeah. And and, and I, I quite liked that and, and maybe it's it was fresh ears for me and, and it didn't all link together. I thought the fact that it wasn't nautical all the time probably added value to it. Um, just for mine. Um, so it's I It's a
1: loose concept album. Well, yeah,
0: sure, but it it was it was quite unpredictable. Um, and I li- I felt it was quite a musical journey. So, so for for me, um, although I'd never heard of Win, and it certainly, it, it, well, I wouldn't quite say begrudgingly, but it, it, it's, I actually thought it was great. So, so thank you very much, Paul, for that one. Um, so we've overall. I mean, as you know, the rules or, or our our self-applied rules for an album to be flawless, it needs to be unanimous um, across. So, the sorry, judges. you said you said it was flawless.
1: I you? said no. Sorry, okay, it oh, was a
0: polite <laughs> decline. Um, so so wean, the mollusk, was close um, in two out of three, but unfortunately doesn't make it across the line this time. Thank you very much, listeners. We record here at The Edge in South Bank in Brisbane. It's a fantastic free space, so please get on online and, and register and, and come and record here if you want to. We have a Facebook page called Flawless AMP. AMP, thank you. And we're on Twitter and Instagram with much the same details. Uh, Thank you very much and goodbye. Praise be to Bugnish and
1: hail to the almighty Ween!